Good morning and welcome to the Marcus Today Breakfast Briefing. My name is Henry Jennings. It is Tuesday, the 17th of May. And as usual, with all the information contained in this briefing, it is general advice only. So please do your own research. Contact your own financial advisor regarding any of the thoughts, ideas or insights in this briefing. And if you need to, you can pause the slideshow here and read our disclaimer in full. If you're listening to a podcast on the World Wide Web, wherever you are on a tram, on a train or just walking the dog, then you can log on to marcustoday.com.au anytime to read the disclaimer there and, of course, catch up with all the other goodies we have on the website. All right, well, we had a slightly uh, sloppy night on the Dow and NASDAQ and the S&P 500. Once again, fears creeping in, primarily promoted by those slack numbers coming out of China yesterday, which were pretty dismal but uh, hardly unexpected given the lockdowns and the restrictions that the Chinese economy is going through at the moment. So still the chatter about recession, the chatter about higher interest rates, etc. Nothing has really changed on the, uh, the narrative at the moment, but we did see some stability at least in the Dow up 27 points or 0.08 of a percent to 32,223. The Nasdaq, unfortunately, though, not doing quite so well. 1.2% down, 142 points down, 11,663. Elon Musk looks as if he's trying to readjust the price that he's paying for Twitter to account for all the fake accounts that there are on Twitter. The S&P 500, as is its want, actually um, in the middle for diddle, really. 0.39% down, 16 points, 4,008. So testing that 4,000 level again. And as this stability has crept in, we are seeing the VIX come off slightly, 27 now, down 1 or 4.85%. Heading across to commodities, though, we once again saw the oil price push higher. Brent crude up 2.42%, $2.70 to $114.24 US dollars a barrel. WTI, exactly the same now, $114.20, up $3.73, 3.38% WTI has been on a bit of a tear compared to the Brent crude price. Uh, We are seeing U.S. inventories falling. And we are also seeing, I think today is the first day, that the the strategic stockpile of oil, the strategic reserves are starting to be released. But it certainly hasn't helped put a break on the oil price at all. 114.20 for WTI, that's West Texas Intermediate. Gold in U.S. dollar terms up $2.20 or 0.12%, so a smidge higher, 18.14. Iron ore finding a base at 130, up to 132.50, 157 up, $1.57 up, 1.2%, and the Aussie dollar, 69.70, so pretty stable, but below 70 cents still. In other commodities, we had copper up 2.2%, nickel down at 3.2%, aluminium up 2.9%, zinc up 3.2%, and lead up one ten pretty much unchanged. We are seeing that nickel price come off, but it is coming back to more normal <coughs> excuse me, the more normalized levels. Of course we did see that massive spike in the nickel price on the LME squeeze, and uh, that has gradually been coming off over time, coming back to far more normal and sanity 
in terms of the levels of the pricing. Big miners overseas, we had Freeport up 0.3%, Alcoa up 3.5%, Tech up 4.9%, Anglo up 1.3%, Glencore up 3.4%, Vale up 2.7%, Arbemile down 1.1%, did have a good day yesterday. BHP pretty much unchanged, Rio up 1.15% in ADR trade. Here you can see the S&P 500, a bit of a topsy-turvy kind of day. One minute up, one minute down. At the end of the day, it was closed pretty much near its lows as we did see a fade both in the S&P and in the uh, NASDAQ. We had a a relatively tight trading range for the Dow last night. We had a high of 317 points up and a low of 268 points down. So that is quite a modest trading range for the Dow, which has had 900 to 1,000 point trading ranges in some days last week. So a little bit of volatility creeping out. In terms of US stocks last night, Apple down 1.1%, Meta up 0.7%, Google down 1.4%, Microsoft unchanged, Amazon down 2%, Tesla having another fall down 5.9%, Netflix down 0.6%. U.S. banks, not really an awful lot shaking on the trees there. J.P. Morgan down 0.7. Goodman, uh, Goldman rather, down 1.2. Citigroup down 0.4. Block down 5.3%. So the volatility continues for Block. That is despite the Bitcoin price uh, still staying above 30000 in uh, trade at the moment at least. Major stories last night coming out of the UK, Europe and the US and US stocks extend losses. That late session sell-off not really helping. Oil rose to its highest since March. Fuel markets heat up. Still no word on those sanctions that the EU is putting in place on Russian oil. Uh, Hungary still the holdout and the negotiations have now pushed it back to the diplomats to talk to Hungary about some sort of safeguards in terms of their oil supply, which normally comes from Russia. So that is a bit of a problem, as all the members of the EU have to agree. Similarly, all the members of NATO have to agree on Sweden and Finland joining the uh, defence bloc. And at the moment, Turkey is a member of NATO, is holding out, as they're accusing uh, both Sweden and Finland, of being a harbour for terrorism. So uh, without all agreement, Sweden and Finland will be still left out in the lurch. And despite some earlier protestations from uh, Vladimir Putin, he seems somewhat more relaxed and sanguine about the prospect of Sweden and Finland joining NATO. Maybe he's just accepting the inevitable and his plan has backfired and has pushed two more countries into the folds of that defence treaty. Uh, China lockdowns are wreaking havoc on activity with industrial production falling 2.9%. Retail sales were down 11.1%. And to put it into perspective, last month, not one new car was sold in Shanghai. Not one new car sold in Shanghai. So hard to uh, go out and buy a new car if you're locked indoors, struggling for food, etc. So interesting for the Chinese economy, which continues too slow and it's keeping its key interest rates unchanged that is despite sharp economic slowdown and it uh, certainly that lockdown in Shanghai is exposing more vulnerabilities of the supply chain to external shocks 
India is moving to restrict wheat exports and further tightening agricultural commodity markets. Wheat uh, very much uh, going pretty well at the moment. And the European Commission set to sharply lower EU growth forecasts and raise the inflation outlook. Hardly a surprise when Brent crude is 114 US dollars a barrel. Japanese wholesale inflation hit a record 10% in April after decades searching for inflation in the Japanese economy. It looks like they found it. $114 oil will do that for you. And Goldman Sachs has lowered the US GDP growth outlook for 2022-23. But it remains optimistic. A sharp rise in unemployment rate can be avoided. Bear in mind in the US, I think the 30-year uh, mortgage rate at the moment has doubled in the last couple of months. So that's uh, going to cause certainly some pain in the US housing market. And the ECB's Villaroy warns a weak euro a threat to price stability. And economists suggest the ECB will take rates above zero this year. Something to conjure with, isn't it? ECB rates above zero. German inflation 7.1. UK, not that it is part of the EU anymore, up around 10%. And certainly uh, GDP growth in the EU is being ratcheted downwards. And they're only still getting slightly above zero with their interest rates. What to expect today? I think we've got the RBA minutes today, so that'll be interesting to see some of the more in-depth thoughts coming out of the RBA board meeting from uh, a week or so ago. And the stock 600 in Europe, that was down half percent. FTSE was up 0.6, but the FTSE does have uh, quite a big preponderance of mining and oil and gas stocks in it, so that may be slightly distorted by the rise in the oil price last night. CAC down 0.2 and the DAX down 0.5%. 10-year yields continuing to drift lower. We are seeing the US 10 years 2.88. Remember when they were over 3%? Not that long ago. Australia now down to 3.38%. So now the market is not so much worried about inflation and having to put up interest rates by a huge amount. But now the market is starting to worry about the recession and the fact that maybe we will have to, at some stage I guess in the next uh, couple of years, after they've been ratcheted up, have to start cutting them again. Germany, 0.93%. So that's come off as well. That was over 1% recently. U.S. gasoline futures topped $4 a gallon. First time ever. And the national average retail price rose to a fresh record. Something else for voters to blame Joe Biden about. And, of course, we're coming into what they call the U.S. driving season. This is the uh, preponderance of U.S. tourism uh, to be uh, revolving around cars and that uh, that the uh, Griswold driving holiday, and Rabobank says oil could hit 170 US dollars a barrel by late 2022. Hungary still the holdout for those sanctions, and the Russian current account absolutely booming. They are making a mozza out of this oil price at the moment. 114 dollars a barrel will do that for you. A 95.8 billion US. Um, surplus in the first four months of the year. That's up substantially from this time last year. In stock news today, Brambles waiting for CVC partners to make a firm offer. The ball firmly in now CVC's court in terms of putting something on the table, slapping it down. And let's see what the reaction is from the board. And A2 Milk has announced that Chief Financial Officer uh, Ray Strauss has resigned from his position to take personal leave before starting a new chapter in his career at the moment. A2 Milk should be a big beneficiary from the US baby formula shortage. More on that today in Henry's Take. 
you can read about that. But it is a massive shortage in the U.S. at the moment to do with supply chain. Some uh, factories being uh, shuttered for a little while because of uh, some issues with the FDA as well. So that is really having a big impact on U.S. mums at the moment. And JHX, which is James Hardy, of course, have reported global net sales of 968.2 million US for the fourth quarter, which is up 20% on the previous corresponding period. It also reaffirmed its fiscal 2023 net income guidance range of 740 to 820 million. You can drive a small lorry with plasterboard and uh, cladding through that particular guidance. But anyway, I guess guidance is guidance, so we'll see. But the market today, we've got the SPY showing up 23 points. So we did have a bit of a lacklustre day in the end yesterday after a pretty good start. Fresh out of the blocks, straight out of the blocks, and up 70-odd 70, 70 points. But all that evaporated when we saw that Chinese data come in. We'll be waiting for the RBA minutes today. Higher commodity prices are going to help a little bit. Higher gold price will help a smidge. And higher oil prices will help a smidge as well. Also, that Aussie dollar stabilizing. So that will help our market. But still, it's going to remain a little bit cautious. And don't expect it to have any runaway move to the upside. But we have seen that bounce on Friday. And we have seen some stability yesterday, despite the fact that it came off from uh, very elevated levels in the day. It's closed only up 18 points. We've now got a 23-point rise. As long as we don't get any too many shocks today, we could have a slow, burny kind of day today uh, with commodity stocks doing relatively okay, especially with iron ore up 1.2%. Question of the day today. Given the move on brambles, which some analysts and commentators have said they had a lost decade. Of course, Japan has had a lost probably two or three decades. But what other dull and defensive company should private equity have a look at? Let's not have Telstra in there. But what other dull defensive company should private equity have a look at? Of course, dull and defensive, we've had Borrell uh, taken, not private, but uh, obviously 75, 78% owned by Kerry Stokes and the Seven Group. And now we've had Brambles and, of course, Toll Holdings, which, again, was another uh, dull company in some respects, was taken over by Japan Post. QUB had a good day yesterday, up uh, around 5.4% on the back of their um, buyback being completed. But what other dull and defensive companies should PE have a look at? Any that have had another lost decade. Well, that's it from me today. Thanks very much for listening. You can head on over to the Facebook discussion group. We'd love to have your thoughts ideas and insights over there as usual it's a great group three and a half thousand members helping members that is the motto there and if you're listening to this on a podcast and you want to listen to more marcus today wonderfulness you can listen on the marcus strategy podcast that's our morning meeting podcast the on the desk podcast with the team in melbourne talking about things that are on their minds financially and my on the couch podcast and today i'm going to be releasing the long-awaited, long-anticipated, I'm sure by some, but not by others, the podcast from James Hawkins from L1 Capital. So that should be quite interesting. Uh, He is uh, a very impressive uh, guy and a great investor and has a really good take on the stocks they're looking for, the 10 stocks that they're looking for uh, in their portfolio. What three criteria those 10 stocks must have. So if you're interested in that and the investment process that L1 Capital go through with their Catalyst Fund, then uh, tune in today for that On The Couch podcast. I was going to release it last weekend, but uh, 
scheduling issues. So I thought I'd release it during the week and see uh, what uh, the reaction is. But hopefully you'll have a listen to that. That's it from me today. Thanks very much for listening and have a great day.